0: Israel, Jewish people, so I'm going to be injecting a lot of Hebrew roots, um, a lot of those things um, this morning, and Jewish roots of the faith, so track with me, it's fun stuff, and I hope that you'll be enriched uh, in your heart and mind this morning, so we're going to practice a little Hebrew, so this, the Shema comes out of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, um, and we're going to actually say this in Hebrew together first. So I'll, I'll say a line, and you guys just repeat it, okay? And then we're going to do it in English all together, okay? Here we go Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Chad Veahafta et Adonai Elohecha Bechol Levavcha Uvechol Navcheka. Uvechol Meodecha. Yeah, some of y'all got the down. So the so God like he he was like speaking some Hebrew to these people on the mountain, right? When he's given the law. So you know, he he made that sound. That was his idea. Y'all gotta, gotta work on that. Alright, so this is the English. We're gonna read it all together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Amen. Sit down. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, so this is my family. This is my awesome fammy. Um This picture is a couple months old, but hey. It, I was like looking back through. I was like, we haven't done like a picture all together recently. We need to fix that. Um, but this is my wife, Jessie, if you guys don't know her, and our little guy, Phineas, and we call him Finn, and he is amazing. Being a dad is like the coolest thing ever. He's in like this super fun stage right now at 13 months where he's like really interactive and really fun and talking, and y'all, it's like so cool. Okay, so I, this is like totally unrelated to what I'm talking about today. You know about Bo? So um, we went to this thing called West Fest yesterday in Athens. Did you guys hear about West Fest yesterday? I think it was like the first annual West Fest. So it was at Georgia Square, not Georgia Square Mall, Georgia Square Mall, where the Dollar Theater used to be. I guess it's kind of like not active right now. So there's a big parking lot there. So all these tents were out there, food trucks, all this kind of stuff. So a little ice cream dude was out there. So do you guys, uh, y'all heard Kickstarter, right? So a little ice cream dude was on Kickstarter a few years ago. He's a local kid who started an ice cream business last year, last year. And raised money, he's starting a, um, so he's been kind of doing this business for seven years, I believe, six, seven years, and um, he's 13 now, which means he's been doing this since he's like six years old, okay? And um, he's opening a store on the east side of town, over here, uh, right by Johnny's Pizza, hopefully this summer. And so I'm, I'm like walking, we're trying to get lunch, and I walk by uh, little ice cream dude's uh, popsicle stand thing he's got like a trailer that he's in with you know with the thing of it's like a food truck with ice cream and um and there's a guy there's a guy standing outside big smile and he's like hey hey y'all how y'all doing today y'all met the ice cream dude yet i'm like no okay i'm like getting, so i'm trying to get some lunch and um i didn't realize that it was the little ice cream dude because so i've seen his video on kickstarter before so I, I i'm like behind the truck and i'm like that's the little ice cream dude i remember the little ice cream dude so I go around. I get I get an ice cream, and the guy out front, he's like he's like been ringing bells. He's like this kid's like biggest promoter, right? And uh, so later on, I see this guy around the backside of the uh, food truck, and I was like, hey, what's your what's your relation, you know? And he goes, oh, I'm his father. And I was like, dude, that is so cool. And um, I like you. You are like his biggest fan and like promoter, ringing bells. Hey, you met little ice cream, dude. He's like, y'all got to meet little Ice Cream Dude, cereal serial entrepreneur, been doing this six years, he's 13. I'm like, dude, this is, I just like watched him, I was like, this is like totally God's heart for like his kids. I was like, he's just like standing outside, we're like doing our thing, he's like, hey, hey, you met this, you met this kid? He's awesome, awesome. And um, so I was just like, I was totally stoked to meet his dad, and uh, he's like, man, people tell me, you know, like your son's going to make more money than you, he's going to be more successful than you. And he's like, isn't that what we want for our kids? I mean, this guy's like, he's totally a believer. Do you know, do you know that? They've got it, yeah. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, man. I was like, in our like community, we say we want you know our ceiling to be our kids' floor. And he's like, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. So anyway, I thought that was like super cool. I was really encouraged. And I was like, I just need to share that tomorrow because that's like totally God's heart for his kids. And uh, so if you guys get a chance to visit little ice cream dude, his shop opens up. Hopefully this summer it's called Cool World. So you should go. So... um. The, oh, well, I already passed that slide. That was the first slide, wasn't it? Um, so I want to, I'm going to talk about the purpose or the, uh, wow. Okay. All my animations now are working against me. Um, I know technology. Okay. So um, I'm going to talk about how to uh, really like pursue God in a blessed season, like in a season of blessing. And I feel like I've just, and I know that everyone's probably not in this season right now. But I have talked to a lot of couples and, and people over the past couple months, and it just seems like a lot of people are kind of entering into, um, about to enter into, or currently experiencing, like, a season of blessing in their life. There's just stuff they've been praying for for a long time happening, stuff they've been working towards for a long time is happening, maybe something they haven't been working towards all of a sudden is happening, they've been hoping would happen. Um, and so it's just been like a season of, of blessing for a lot of people. I feel like if you're in a season, of, this is totally backfire on me, how many of you guys feel like you're in a season of blessing right now? Okay, cool, we got like half, really like half. That's about what I, you know, I kind of figured it would be about half people. Um, so I, I've just really felt like I'm in a season of blessing and, you know, being a new dad, I started a new job this week. Um, it's just kind of like a, like a blessed season. But it's also really easy in the midst of a blessed season to start kind of like forgetting um, when stuff's not necessarily hard entirely. There's always like something that's kind of like a little bit of a thorn going on, you are know, like that thing's kind of annoying. But when, it's, when you're not, like, totally surrounded by, like, hardship, um, at times it can be easy to be like, well, you know, do I really need God right now? I don't know. It's pretty, I'm pretty good, you know. So I feel like it's, it's it's really common to talk about what do we do when we're in the wilderness? You know, what do we do when we're in the desert? But I'm like, God, what do I do when I'm feeling like I'm in, like, a place of blessing? And I, I want to be able to, like, still draw near to you. I want to be intentional. So, like, how do I do that? And um, so this is kind of like teaching to myself. I, I was, like, really excited to kind of get some reading on this. So before we talk about the blessed season, I want to talk about the purpose of the desert season, right? Um, so I, uh, I wanted to, this is a passage, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like reading a lot of scripture today. I'm not going to be talking as much, so bear with me. Some of these translations are all over the place too. You get some ESV, maybe some NIV. I got some like complete Jewish Bible translations, so we're going to be all over the place. Um, so the purpose of the desert season, okay, this is out of Deuteronomy. I believe, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, okay, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, that's familiar, Jesus quoted that in the desert, right? Your clothing did not wear out on you. Your foot did not swell these 40 years. That's kind of crazy. They had the same clothes for 40 years and didn't ever wear out. That's kind of cool. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 5. Quick note on Deuteronomy. Do you guys know what the Hebrew word for Deuteronomy is? It's Devarim. Can you guys say Devarim? Devarim? Devarim Uh, means words, because the the book of Deuteronomy, actually, I'm just going to read the verse, verse one of Deuteronomy, it says, these are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. Um, Words, this is the book of words, right? The word for wilderness is midbar, say midbar, same root word, debir, debarim, midbar, speak, Is the root word God speaks in the wilderness his words you hear his words in the wilderness this is like just built into the Hebrew language God's like really cool like that anyway fun thing I thought that was really neat when this Hebrew teacher told me that one time so we hear his words in the desert the purpose of the desert season according to this passage God uses the desert to cultivate humility discover what's in our heart are you going to obey me or not Learn to, live by, uh, learn to not live by bread alone, but by all his words, and to be trained by the Lord's discipline, which I thought was really interesting when God put, you know, I, I did this to discipline you as a father disciplines his son, that he's still like, it's in the context of like this miraculous provision. A lot of times I think about discipline as not fun, right, which a lot of times isn't necessarily a fun thing. But it's cool that even in God's discipline is like the context for which they're getting manna every day miraculously off the ground. They're just like honey, honey wafers. So I'm like, that would be so tasty. And they're just picking it up off the ground and eating it. Um, it their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. And these are, this is like in the context of discipline. So it's just a cool like boundary and framework God created to do, to do his discipline. It wasn't like You know, they had to trust him, but it was still in the midst of, like, all this miraculous. So I thought that was a really neat part of the Lord's discipline. So this is, I never got this transparency thing to to work on. I was trying to do it on my phone. So if you can make it out, this, so when I when I thought about wilderness growing up, I thought, you know, when you think about wilderness in America, what do you think about? Trees. I think about, like, redwood forest or... Sequoia National Park, you know, or like going camping, like that's the wilderness, you know, there's bears and, you know, bugs and a camp out there and stuff. Well, this is an actual picture of the wilderness in Israel. Um, It's like, it's like barren desert, rocky sand, nothing lives there, nothing like thrives, right? So there's a little dude riding a camel down here, or a donkey. But this is, this is wilderness. When, when God talks about the wilderness, when Israel was in the wilderness, this is what they were living in. They weren't living in lush, green, like, forest land. They weren't in Sequoia National Park. They were in, like, barren wasteland. <clears throat> so that's the wilderness. Beep. Okay, so the purpose of the desert, to summarize all of that, is to prepare us for, uh, to inherit the promised land, or the blessing. I would say a promised land is definitely a huge blessing, right? So the framework for living in a season of blessing, we're going to spend a little more time in Deuteronomy reading a bit. Hang with me, this is a bunch of verses, but this gives us the whole framework for how do we live in a season of blessing, because God's teaching them how to do it before they even get there, right? So whether you're in one now or you're going to be entering one soon, take note. So, and it will be when you come into the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance and you possess it and settle in it that you, not, uh, that you shall take of the first fruit of all the ground which you will bring from your land which the Lord your God is giving you and you shall put them into a basket and go to the place which the Lord your God will choose to have his name dwell there. And you shall come to the Kohen. Say, Kohen. Kohen, Kohen is Hebrew for priest. The Kohen who will be serving in those days, and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord your God that I have come to the land which the Lord swore to our forefathers to give us. And the Kohen will take the basket from your hand, laying it before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall call out and say before the Lord your God. And Aramean sought to destroy my forefather, and he went down to Egypt and sojourned there with a small number of people. And there he became a great, mighty, and numerous nation. And the Egyptians treated us cruelly and afflicted us, and they opposed hard labor upon us. So we cried out to the Lord, God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice, saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out from Egypt with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, with great awe, with signs and wonders. And he brought us to this place. And he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given to me. Then you shall lay it before the Lord, your God, and prostrate yourself before the Lord, your God. Then you shall rejoice with all the good that the Lord your God has granted you and your household, you, the Levite, and the stranger who is among you. Okay? So cool, cool framework um, that we're going to kind of work out of. The first thing that God is telling them to do is that when you get there, it's going to be awesome, okay? When you get there, don't forget. is like the first, the first thing. Don't forget where you came from, who you are. Remember. Okay? Then humble yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord. Then rejoice. Then give. And then repeat. Okay? Go through it again. Keep doing it over and over. So the first thing we're going to remember. Okay? So the kind of manifestation of that in the scripture there is this thing that he tells you to say. Not that we have to say. But the example of remembering. Right? And man sought to destroy my forefather. He went down to Egypt. He became great and mighty, a numerous nation. The Egyptians treated us cruelly. So we cried out to the Lord. He heard our voice, saw our affliction. The Lord brought us out of Egypt to this place, and he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So just kind of a, a recapping, talking out loud, speaking out loud what the Lord's done. This is what he did. This is, where, this is where our forefathers were. We came to this place now. This is what the process looked like. God's taking care of us. A little bit more Deuteronomy. You guys good? Hanging with me? And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, and this is like this is so cool. All these like blessings that God lets them just walk into. With great and good cities you did not build, with houses full of good things you did not fill, cisterns you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees you did not plant, and when you eat and are full. Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and statutes. A part of also not forgetting, keeping his rules and his statutes, seeking after him. Which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through great and terrifying wilderness, fiery serpents, scorpions, thirsty ground, where there was no water, who brought you water out of a rock, out of the flinty rock, who led you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. So cool, it's just, it's just remember. It's like remember where you came from, remember what I've given you, remember this is, this is stuff that I have like poured out on you, because forgetting is going to bring a lot of loss, and it's bad, okay? So if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods... Worship and bow down to them. I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed, like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. So this is what it looks like when we're not, we start forgetting. It's it's, it's so easy. America, we have so much money in America, y'all. We have like so, we're like in blessing. Even if you feel like you're not in a blessed season, you like just live in blessing over here, you know. We are like, it's ridiculous. Um, But, if we begin to look like the world, not not be, you want to be in it, but not of it. And we start becoming of it. Okay, that's that's like the following after other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them. You don't really look any different. Okay, that's when like stuff starts happening that starts to kind of bring you back to this place, like this humbling place. We have the choice to humble ourselves. You know, to remember who we are. It's all part of remembering. We remember who we are. Remember who God is. Humble ourselves brings us back to the proper place. So. Just in recapping, remembering, practical, spend intentional time in conversation around what the Lord has done. It's pretty easy to do, right? Just like remembering, as soon as one person starts doing it too, everybody else starts having memories and they start, you know, conversation kicks up before you know it. You're like, dude, I have not been even like noticing God's been doing this stuff recently. We should start praying for these things again. That's like, I feel like every time we start talking about like the history, like our history in the Lord around like friends and what he's been doing, like, what, what? Why have we been seeing this stuff recently? Have we been like seeking the Lord? I don't, you know, it's just kind of like a, re- a reminder to get back to, man, let's just like go after him. He's so good, he's done so many good things. So, what remembrance does is it produces humility, right? Brings us back to the place of humility, which takes us to step two humble yourself. Which, you know, this has a lot of connotations. A lot of people think, humble yourself, and it doesn't necessarily carry a lot of positive things. But humbling yourself is, is, the, is the prequel to rejoicing. So humbling yourself is a very good thing, and God allows us to do it. We don't have to be humbled by him if we'll just choose to humble ourselves. David talks about humbling himself, and different, you know, there's different pastors about what it might look like to humble yourself, from fasting to lying on the ground to, um, there's, there's a lot of different actual Hebrew words that Kind of go into different ways. You can you can humble yourself. So in the context of the framework we're looking at, though, uh, it says you shall lay uh, all the first of your fruit out this basket that you brought before the Lord when you've taken in all the stuff from the land and prostrate yourself before the Lord your God. Okay, prostrate is an interesting word. Prostrate means lying stretched out on the ground with one's face downward. It's just like a. Now you can do you can prostrate yourself just as religiously as you can lift your hands religiously and not, you know, your heart be in the wrong place. But it does help when your body gets in a position, your spirit tends to work its way that direction as well. So it just, it, it's, a, it's a place where you remember who you are and remember who God is, okay? And it, it really brings you back to a place of joy, right? So in order to truly rejoice, you just gotta take a moment to remember who God is and who you are. Y'all know that song, Take a Moment? Like That song is like so fun. You know, but that's like, that's like a, that's like a humbling. That's like a, a humble yourself song, but it's like super fun. I mean, I remember we heard that song, uh, Kyle Maloney, if you guys know Kyle and Hillary. Uh, the First time we heard that song, we were in um, Mozambique together and uh, Brock Human, who's one of the United Pursuit guys was there. He's like married to Heidi Baker's daughter. So he was kind of like around doing some worship stuff. And we heard that song and it like totally fired us up. We were like jamming on it for a couple days. And, um, but it's, like, totally a joy-bringing song, even though it's, like, I'll take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. You know, there you go. You're just lifting my load again. So getting low physically, spiritually, mentally, and remembering who we are and who God is, it's going to bring some rejoicing. So humility brings rejoicing. So rejoice It's our third, like, pillar of our framework of pursuing God in the midst of blessing. So you shall rejoice with all the good that the Lord your God has granted you and your household, you the Levite and the stranger who is among you. So don't like hold it back, you know, like it's okay to talk to people about, I'm like, I'm like going through a season of blessing right now. I think it's, it is a little bit scary to get up and talk about, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm in a season of blessing because it can be, there is like a mentality we, we all are like subject to take on, which is kind of this victim mentality of like why is it going well for that person? I want why isn't it going well for me? I've been working a long time. Why isn't it going on well for me? It's like super easy to get in that mindset. Okay, so I totally understand. Been there. Done that lots of times, but it doesn't really leave you anywhere good, right? So, rejoice. It's okay. Share. Rejoice. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good that he has given you. I mean, this is these are just like The Lord is left, everything good, right, comes down from the Father of lights, right? He gives everything good. So, like, praise him for it. It's okay. It's okay to praise him before other people. It's okay to praise him on your own. It's okay. You're not, um, you're not, not humble by praising God for, like, the good things he's given you. It's good. It's a good thing. So rejoice. Be glad. Be happy. The root word of, uh, rejoice comes from this Hebrew word that's, uh, Samach. say Samach. Samaḥ means happy. Okay, so when you were to, if you're, it's a holiday. They all say, Chag Sameach. Say Chag Sameach. It means happy holiday.